It's Saturday, October the 31st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, anti-France protests in Asia and an earthquake in the Aegean. First, the week in brief. America broke its single-day record for new COVID-19 cases. It reported more than 91,000 new cases on Thursday, with early results from Friday indicating worse to come. The third wave has yet to crest. With a cumulative 9 million infections confirmed, nearly 3% of the population has tested positive. Hospitals are at risk of being overwhelmed, especially in rural areas. As early voting in America's elections continued, Texas became the second state after Hawaii to exceed its 2016 vote count with four days to go. By Friday morning, 9 million Texans had voted, compared with 8.9 million four years ago. Polls show a toss-up between President Donald Trump and his Democratic challenger Joe Biden in the Lone Star State, long a Republican bastion. The Eurozone's GDP grew by 12.7% seasonally adjusted in the three months between July and September. The bounce followed an 11.8% drop in the previous quarter. The recovery is likely to be temporary as measures to control a second wave of COVID-19 are imposed across the continent. Slovakia intends to test millions of people for COVID-19 this weekend in a bid to curb a recent uptick in infections. Four-fifths of its total infections have been recorded this month. Every person aged over 10 in the population of 5.4 million is due to be tested at one of 5,000 centres. Those who refuse to take part will be quarantined. Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, called on parliament to dissolve a constitutional court after it ruled on Wednesday to strike down several anti-corruption laws. Ukrainians flooded into the streets in protest against the court. Mr Zelensky called for its judgment to be annulled. Police officers stood by as protesters threw smoke grenades at the courthouse and set tyres on fire. An earthquake of magnitude 7.0 struck off the west coast of Turkey, causing buildings to collapse in the province of Izmir. The quake was felt across the Aegean Sea in Greece and in Istanbul too. At least 14 people died. Having lost 17,000 lives to a quake in Izmit in 1999, Turks may have feared worse. And thousands of Muslims in different countries protested against France and its President Emmanuel Macron, who has defended the display of cartoons mocking the Prophet Muhammad. Mr Macron provoked anger with his response to a jihadist murder in Paris two weeks ago. Effigies were burned in Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Lebanon and Pakistan. A similar attack in Nice accelerated the cycle. And now, here's today's agenda. Bittersweet, the Donut King. For a time, Ted Noy was the embodiment of the American dream. The Donut King, a new documentary named after the honor he conferred upon himself and the title of his memoir, traces his triumphs as well as his failures. Born in a rural village in Cambodia in 1942, he fled with his wife to America when Pol Pot and the communist Khmer Rouge seized power in 1975, settling in California. While working at a gas station, a nearby donut vendor caught his eye. 
He joined as a trainee store manager and saved $20,000, which he used to buy Christie's, a down-on-its-luck donut shop. One store became a chain, a realm of more than 50 locations. Mr. Noy sponsored the visas of other Cambodian refugees who came to work in his stores. Many opened their own bakeries. But uneasy lies the head. Mr. Noy squandered his money gambling, causing his marriage and his kingdom to collapse. What Goes Unspoken, Reva Steenkamp Reva Steenkamp fought hard for success. She gave up a promising career as a paralegal to switch to modelling, ignoring warnings that she was too short. Fame followed. So did a relationship with Oscar Pistorius, a South African Paralympic star who eventually killed her. Her death at his hands is the subject of a BBC documentary out next week. Yet, the trials of Oscar Pistorius has already caused controversy for failing to mention Steenkamp by name in its trailer, prompting its removal. This exemplifies a trend of erasing female victims from stories of their own killing, further obscuring the problem of femicide or gender-related killings of women and girls. In 2017, 137 women were killed each day worldwide by intimate partners or family members, the UN's chosen proxy for the phenomenon. By not naming Steenkamp, the trailer made her death Mr. Pistorius's story. Yet she and every victim of femicide deserves to have her name spoken. The Evil That Men Do New York's Stolen Children When children began disappearing from the streets of New York in the 1830s, many thought that dark supernatural forces were at work. Some suspected ghosts. That the children were all black suggested a more worldly, yet just as evil, explanation. The Kidnapping Club, a new book by Jonathan Daniel Wells, a historian, examines a network of police officers and slave catchers who kidnapped dozens of children and adults in the city and sold them into bondage between the 1830s and 1850s. New York banned slavery in 1827, but remained economically entwined with it. The refining of sugar grown by slaves was still Brooklyn's biggest industry in 1850. That same year, the Fugitive Slave Act was passed, obliging northern states to return escapees to the south. The definition of escapees was deliberately interpreted loosely. Receiving little help from the authorities, desperate parents searched the city's streets for their vanished children alone. Most of the youngsters were never heard from again. Competition Problem – European Football European club football can get dull. The same few teams dominate the big leagues almost every year. Their preeminence is cemented by regular participation in the lucrative Champions League, which provides an additional revenue stream that separates them from the also-rans at home. Liverpool earned £98 million, pounds, $128 million in broadcasting and prize money for winning the Champions League in 2018-19. For some, even this is not enough of an advantage. The departing president of Barcelona announced last week that the club planned to participate in a long-rumoured 18-member European Super League with no promotion or relegation. It is intended to take precedence over the Champions League without affecting domestic competitions, but by further entrenching the financial strength of the top clubs, it would widen the gap between them and everyone else. European football's governing body, UEFA, says the Super League would be boring, but it would be worse than that. It would be a cartel. 
Twin Crises, Twin Cures, Disease, Biodiversity and Climate Change. Can't wait for the pandemic to end? The Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Services, an independent body with 137 member states, says it will not be the last. An expert panel warned this week that not only are pandemics becoming more frequent, but unless they are handled differently, they will spread faster, kill more people and do more damage to the global economy. The destruction of natural habitats as well as the trade and consumption of wildlife are to blame. Both lead to closer contact between humans and animals, making cross-species infection more likely. The panel estimates that birds and mammals are host to 1.7 million yet-to-be-discovered viruses, of which 540,000 to 850,000 might affect humans. It prescribes a shift from reactive pandemic responses to approaches that reduce the risk of future outbreaks such as habitat conservation. Serendipitously, those approaches could help in the fights against climate change and biodiversity loss too. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Federico Fellini, who died on this day in 1993. God may not play dice, but he enjoys a good round of trivial pursuit every now and again. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.